to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 9, Between Two Fires. Guess who didn't remember this one? It's a thing. I don't even think I need to remember it. Uh, I don't think I need to mention it anymore. Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This episode was memorable for two reasons. The the destruction of Tolana and one very specific moment near like the middle-ish of the episode, which we'll get to. Is it one of the scenes used in a music video? No. Oh, because that's what... I, like I said before, like anytime I've watched your music videos so many times that when I'm watching these shows, that's that's what stands out to me, not the other way around of watching the music <laughs> video and knowing where I came from. Now I'm like, oh, that's from your music video. I mean, yes, there is there is that moment in, in this episode, but no, there's one other moment that's always just like, hee hee. Let me get to it. So. Oh, let's do. Yes. Okay. So this episode originally aired on August 24th, 2001. It was written by Ron Wilkerson and directed by William Garrity. And on the commentary, we had Will Garrity, Jim Menard, director of photography, and James Titchener, visual effects. So there was a lot of just sort of like technical talk in this commentary. If you're interested in sort of the more technical side of filmmaking, this is a good one to listen to. Mm. Oh, good. Yeah. So in this episode, the Tolan offer Earth advanced weapons technology, prompting a secret investigation on Tolana, one that leads to a startling discovery. Dun-dun-dun. And it is very startling, which, well, I'll ask the question when I get to it. In the episode. Anyway, okay. So we open with some flashbacks of like the previous episodes of all our dealings with the Tolan, just as a reminder of who these people are and what our relationship is with them. Uh, in the present, a small group has gathered for the funeral of Omak, including all of the members of SG-1. And despite how it appeared, Omak apparently had a great deal of respect for SG-1. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, always nicer. It's like, oh, he did? Oh, okay, cool. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, baby. Um, so Chancellor Travell is among those present, and she brings up the whole, like, not sharing technology thing, and they might be sort of changing their minds about that. Uh, obviously, today is not today for such discussions, but maybe SG-1 can come back tomorrow. And Jack's like, yes, uh-huh, sure, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, as SG-1 goes to leave, like, with Nareem, uh, Travell nods at two guards to, like, follow them back to the gate, which is interesting. So they get to the gate. Uh, Nareem tells everyone goodbye. He kind of holds Sam back for a moment and they like, you know, hold hands, shake hands kind of thing. And uh, she kind of looks down. So it's like, okay, so Nareem is like handed her something and he just like shakes his head like, don't, don't let on that I've Look, just given you. Nope, something. nope, just nope. keep moving. Yep. yep. So she's like, you know, does her thing, keeps it you know, on the down low, heads through the gate. And on the other side, she's like, hey. Uh, Nareem gave me something and she opens her hand and there's just like the small disc on which is a hologram of Nareem and the hologram Nareem says that Omak gave him a warning before his death that he believes Earth is in grave danger. Not good. No. So technical thing here. So one of the things I really like about this is that like when the hologram activates Nareem is looking sideways and then Sam like turns the disc so Nareem is looking at her and so how they did that was they filmed Garwin Sanford on like a rotating platform or like turntable kind of thing first, giving that little warning that he has. Uh, Amanda Tapping watched that recording so she knew when in that speech he turned. So when that came up, when they were like playing it back, she then 
turn the disc to time it with how the turntable turned in like the visual effects thing. Oh, that's neat. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's good to know. Nice choreography there. Very good. Yes. So up in the briefing room, they're trying to figure out what's going on, but nobody has any ideas. It could be a million things. Obviously, something to do with what Chancellor Travell wants to meet with them about. But other than that, eh, shrug. Just everybody, like, just bite giant shrugs all around from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hammond gives them the go-ahead to go back to Toland, to Tolana tomorrow to, like, see what's up. Okay, so Again, here's my question. What is what is tomorrow? What is the... <laughs> we are revisiting. Yes. Revisiting my whole space time travel timey. Yeah. One planet versus another. What is tomorrow? Yes. Like if, if, if SG-1 is like going to be going to Tolana for like a week, do they have to adjust their clocks to Tolan time mm-hmm. instead of Earth time? So like, is it like 2 a.m. now on Earth? But it was like, I don't know, late afternoon on Tolana? You know, we don't know. We don't know. Be good to know. So in this part of the episode is where we have like the opening credits going on. My question is, does seeing Peter Wingfield's name in the opening credits spoil the reveal later when Tanith shows up? Oh, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I skipped it and went straight to the goods. So I didn't even see his name in the opening credits. So no. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like the the part of the credits with like the guest stars. So it's playing like over the episode, not the general. Oh, on like, the intro scene? Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. paying attention. Okay. No, I was paying attention to the plot. Okay. What's going on? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, If I had been aware of the actor's proper name i probably would have been like oh okay but um no okay that's maybe a good question for our listeners does seeing like a guest star's name when they're supposed to be like a surprise reveal later in the episode does that kind of ruin things if you know they're supposed to be in the episode because they're in the opening credits so they're supposed to be there and then it's like where are they where are they coming in what's happening i don't know i think if it's if it's a especially if it's a recurring character that kind of had an open-ended thing then you're like oh where does he come in but you know if it's just kind of like a fun guest star i don't really think it ruins it okay yeah okay all right anyway let us know what you guys think Mm -hmm. so jack and daniel go to visit with chancellor travel sam and tilk are catching up with nareem so here here's the situation on talana right now so the curia which is a part of their government had been split on the whole sharing versus not sharing thing. Uh, Omak was on the side of not sharing, which had been in the majority. But now that Omak has passed, the pendulum has kind of swung the other way, and they're more open to talks of sharing technology with other planets and cultures. But of course, Jack, they wouldn't share without asking for anything in return. They're politicians. That's how politicians work. So what they're asking for is trinium. Interesting thing then happens where Travell turns off the security measures in her office that record everything so that she can speak to Jack and Daniel off the record. And apparently there's still a lot of resistance among just the general populace to like the cessation of their isolationist ways. And what what they need the trinium for is that like their population has grown more exponentially than they had thought. So they need more trinium to build things to, you know, take care of everybody and so they're kind of treating that as sort of the way to save face like we're not just giving stuff away this is actually an exchange of 
technology and stuff. We're not just giving things away for nothing. So um, knowing then how this ends up, mm-hmm. what I couldn't really figure out was, was it just that they had exhausted everything they had on the current you know, stash of bombs that they were building because they had a way to go get more themselves, right? That's the first question that SG-1 asks. Right, yes. So why did they actually need Earth's mine, you know, Earth's stash if they could go get it? I don't, I think that is sort of the open question to this episode is, was this whole entire thing a ruse or are there elements of truth in it? And I don't know if we get an answer. I don't know if I have an answer to that because there's arguments to be made both ways for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. So, yeah. Sorry, I have no answer to your question. Oh, my goodness. Of all your research, didn't find (laughs) didn't find that. That was really that's kind of what the episode left me left me with of of the ending question. They, yeah. if, did they really actually need to involve Earth or was it or I mean, was it Tanith that was like, hey, I was just going to say about you, because, of course, he wanted them, you know, in yes. the mix. Right. Um, yeah. So we we don't know the, the depth of the of the tangled ocean web. I mean, I do think it's a very good possibility that Tanith was like, hey, Dolana, we'll help you with this thing if you get earth involved because i want tilk i think Mm -hmm. there's a very good real possibility that that could be part of it too yeah uh so daniel then asks how much they need and travel like goes back to her desk uh asks him to repeat the question and turns the security measures back on which uh daniel does so although slightly awkwardly (laughs) like somebody who's Mm -hmm. trying to act who is not an actor which is always fun when actors have to be bad actors yeah Um, And so she doesn't know the specific amount, but their scientists can let them know. And given that the SGC now has a dedicated off-world trinium mine, which is on PXY887 from the episode Spirits, uh, it shouldn't be a problem to get whatever they need. So then the big question is, okay, so what is Earth going to get in exchange for this? Uh, They're going to get one of the Tolan big honking space guns. What? I know. Uh, Jack is... Uh, excited, but I think also a little perplexed by that. But yay, big honking space guns. <laughs> and how, oh man, when you finally find out that the reason they're willing to give them the guns is because they don't work. Yeah. Oh man, that's like, we're going to get what we want and we're going to give you something that doesn't even work. Have fun, bye. Like, oh yeah. man, that's like a double 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 cross you know yeah double, double just oh, bad. yeah yep mm, it's not it's good no screwing everybody over all the way around it does for sure yeah mm-hmm. so tilk and sam are waiting for nareem just sort of like out in the little square and tilk mentions nareem's feelings for sam which sam's kind of a little awkward about uh nareem then uh hurries over and they ask if he has any more information about this threat that omak talked about but he doesn't it was just general earth is in danger kind of stuff he does mention that omak seemed to be under a lot of stress recently jack and daniel then meet up with them all and tell them about the offer offer of the big hawk and space guns and nareem is like flabbergasted he's like there's no way there's no way they would do that and because you know the whole reason for the way they do things without sharing technology is because they did that and then another planet completely destroyed itself 
and like to give a more primitive civilization an ion cannon and jack's like hey it's less advanced please it actually is a better term i would prefer that as well yes (laughs) it's like it's like okay sure yeah but like this is all just bad news to nareem he is not on board with this plan at all in any way shape or form Back in the briefing room, they're bringing Hammond up to speed on everything. And as Sam says, the problem right now is that one single ion cannon is not enough to provide worldwide protection against a Gould attack. And given the uneasy relationship with Russia regarding all things Storyate, at the moment, it's likely a single ion cannon in the possession of the United States or the SGC would likely do more harm than good. Okay, so how many ion cannons do they need for total planetary protection? They need 38, which... That's a lot. That is, that's that a, is lot. a lot more than one. Yes. I do appreciate Jack and Daniel's joint, like, you know, the 38? Just, like, in sync like that. Yeah. Sometimes they share one brain cell. Uh, and Jack's like, well, it can't hurt to ask. You know, the wizard sure. say no, sure. Yes. Uh, Sam then brings up Nareem's hesitations about this whole thing and his belief that Omak's warning is directly related to this exchange now. Jack does agree that, like, something hinky's going on. He just can't put his finger on what. Hammond orders them to go ahead, proceed with negotiations with Jack being his usual suspicious and skeptical self. Also, there's a very good chance this weirdness they're sensing is just like internal political wrangling, as Hammond says, because, you know, a major political figure has died. There's bound to be, you know, infighting and stuff like that. Or they could be walking into a minefield. Who knows? Any of these things could be true. Let's find out more. Yes. SG-1 arrive back on Tolana and are being escorted to Travel's office by some guards when they are intercepted by Nareem, who lies and says he was asked to take them personally. He has some important news to share with them. Uh, after like some rambling and talking around the subject that he's trying to get to, turns out that Nareem believes Omak was murdered because the sort of health and safety protocols in place on Tolana were totally off and wacky the night that Omak died. Omak was in perfect health and the sort of like response team took way longer than they usually do. So something is going on with Omak's death. Not good. Jack and Daniel are in Travel's office with a sample of their trinium. Once they know how pure it is, they can then work out how much it is that they need. The boys then mention needing more than one ion cannon and Travel simply says that she will discuss it with the Curia. It's like, no, but okay. it's a funny moment when they have to say that they're 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, Mm -hmm. so here here's the here's the other moment that i always remember from this episode so sam and tilk are make it to nareem's house where apparently nareem's alexa has sam's voice (laughs) (laughs) and he was just Ah. like i would i hoped you wouldn't notice like you it's her voice of course she's it's like oh nareem you awkward adorable little lovable dork (laughs) i know but is that like adorable or is it like borderline creepy I couldn't really decide. I know. It's it's how would he even program it? I know. Like, did he get like a recording of her saying a couple of words, and then their technology was able to extrapolate from there? I don't. 
it's yeah, it's kind of right. It is sort of right on that line. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, so they're there to basically try and find evidence that Omak was murdered, which is difficult because there hasn't been a murder on Tolana for as long as Noreen can remember. So he's not even sure where to start this kind of investigation. He then thinks perhaps there's something maybe in the records of the Curia meetings, which are all public, that could shed some light on what happened. Interesting note from the commentary, Nareem's house is a real house in Vancouver. And there's actually like very minimal set dressing, really just um, like that wall when you first walk in that has the two screens on it. And then that other little computer thing on the table that Nareem and Sam are looking at. Everything else was just like, that's how the house was with like that furniture and the plants and everything. It's like, that's a cool, like kind of (laughs) sci-fi futuristic house. Like, especially like with the doors, how the doors are with that weird kind of panel glass in it or something. I was just like, oh, that's cool. That's so funny. (laughs) They were just like, your house looks like a space house. Can we use it <laughs> for an episode? Yeah. But yeah, whenever I find that stuff out, I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Does it make you want that house? Does it make you want to have style that's so weird and wacky that someone would be like, we need to use this for a space Maybe. house? But then I would have to be not in my house and that would be annoying. Yeah, but only for like, what, a week? I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, kind of a little bit. Like, your house is so cool. Thanks. I know. Then, I'm awesome. Yeah. Right? <laughs> then forevermore, you'd be like, my house was used in so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love spotting when movies are, like, filmed in locations that I know, let alone my house. Yeah. That would be, like, awesome. Yeah, that's true. Whenever anything's, like, filmed in Chicago, I'm like, oh, hey, I know that place. Yeah. Like, I've been there. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, so Jack and Daniel are, like, sitting in a square on Tolana trying to suss out what's going on and what they can do about it. And so this, this is the scene that's in one of my vids, possibly more than one. Cause I love it so much. It's a cool, <laughs> just, it's a cool it's a cinematography cool kind of thing. Yeah. Like, rotating yeah. around them sitting there. Which is interesting because um, like Will Garrity, who's the director, he's like also a cinematographer. So he, I think he has a, a bit of a different eye to directing than other like just directors do. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There's one shot coming up. I think it's when we go back to Noreen's house that kind of like it starts on Tilk and then like goes through the living room and like circles around onto Noreen and Sam. And it's a very long, like just single like tracking shot Mm -hmm. that I don't know if a just director director would have done. Yeah. Um, But basically like Jack and Daniel, they don't know anything. Anything could be happening at this point. Every possible scenario is equally likely because they really don't have any information on anything. Like this could all be totally innocent with weird political stuff going on, or they could be purposefully trying to get Earth to destroy themselves and maybe had Omak murdered because he knew about this plan and didn't like it. Uh, Who who knows? Uh, And since they don't know anything, the only thing they can do is blindly stumble onward, but with their slightly heightened sense of smell. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, and then they're fetched back to Travel's office by one of the guards. Back at Nareem's house, the three of them aren't really getting anywhere. There's just too much stuff to go through. Uh, Sam asks Nareem to turn off the voice activated system, and they finally decide to narrow down the search to discussions about the ion cannons within the last six months, within the Curia meeting notes. Uh, Jack and Daniel then show up. They tell the others that they got the guns, like all of them, all 38, not at once, but like as the SGC provides the trinium, Tolana will provide the cannons then in return. 
And Nareem is just like, I, no, this is not good. No. Something is very, very off. Yes. Tilk then speaks up. He thinks he found something. A couple months ago, there was apparently an unauthorized test of one of the ion cannons that Omak filed an official protest against. Nareem then notices something odd in the meeting notes. Officially, the meeting ended in the late afternoon, but Nareem and Omak had plans for dinner. And Nareem is sure, like 100% sure, that Omak came to his house straight from the meeting, which was well into the evening. So there are several hours of meeting notes that are missing. This, according to to Nareem, is an even more heinous crime than murder. Like the government lying to its people is worse than murder, which... I love how the way he describes it to them, though, like yes. he describes it as like, I know this is not how everybody does things. I know it may sound strange, but this is how we do things here. <laughs> like, yes. like, puts it in the context of, yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. And they're thinking, you know, whatever was in those notes might give an, an insight into why Omak was murdered. Back at the SGC, as Hammond puts it, the situation is that there seems to be an evil conspiracy among the Tolan Curia, whose apparent goal is to give us everything we ever wanted. That makes no sense. <laughs> like, it really doesn't, because all the information we have at this point, like, the pieces are not, like, connecting, nothing's adding up to make, make sense of what's going on. Til- it's funny posit- that that sort of scenario makes everybody suspicious, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, you're you're giving us exactly what we're asking for. Mm. Why? Yeah. Yes. Tilk posits that perhaps they can't really get the trinium on their own, like they talked about early in the episode, and Hammond then asks what they're even doing with the trinium, to which Jack replies, lots and lots of very interesting and unspecific things. Because, yep, mm mm-hmm, because that's always how alien technology works, yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Sam suggests tagging the first shipment of Trinium so that they can track where it's going. So, yes, let's go and do that. I like that idea. Me too. So they're back at Nareem's house watching where the Trinium is going. Nareem seems annoyed that SG-1 has dragged him into this whole thing. And Jack's like, you started this. You're the one who told us something weird was going on. So, too bad. And he's like, yeah, I warned you, but now I'm committing treason. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I mean, I can totally understand where he's coming from of freaking out of like, holy crap, this is turning into like a really big something. I'm not sure I was ready for this. Yes, like I get him freaking out, but also like, who else is going to do this? Um, But well, they kind of also need one more thing from him. Uh, They, they need to get into Travel's office to like, look at her computer. And he's like, no, no, why? No, that's not a thing. No, we don't do that here. Uh, but they have to because whatever is going on here, she's involved. It's not like leading the whole thing as like the head of the Curia. Uh, they also tell Nareem that she was able to, to turn off the security measures in her office. And um, that is, a, you know, that's according to Nareem, like a very severe violation of the ethical codes and Jack is so shocked by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nareem thinks for a second he might have something like Omak as a member of the Curia would have the codes necessary to be able to access her office. And it's possible they haven't been deactivated yet. So they can try that, maybe. Which so, is actually kind of surprising. I would have thought yeah. with how efficient and technological they were that that would have been like immediate. Yes. Yes. 
that that is Same. very surprising. I am I was quite surprised when they were able to get in with Omok's code considering Omok has been dead for several days now, if not you know more than because who knows when he died versus when the funeral was. But right, yes. But anyway, so Daniel and Sam are going to go with Nareem, and Jack and Tilk are going to follow the Trinium. Also, Jack would like a couple of those things that let people walk through walls and some weapons. That would be handy. Yes, please. So Nareem is able to get in. Yay, Omak. And so they start looking through things, blah, blah, blah. And they find something very interesting on Travel's computer. The ion cannon test from a couple months ago was not a random test. There was a Gould mothership that they were firing at. And the cannons were ineffective. Like, I- ineffective? That's, that's <sighs> not good. Right. Did like, not, yeah. Like the whole point of the uncannons. I would, I, if I was Nareem, this would be like, I'm in. Because I'm, whatever this plan is, I am in now because something very, very wrong is going on here. So, you know, the whole point of the ion cannons is that they take out Gould motherships from the planet's surface. So if the Gould have managed to develop new shields, not, not good. Very not good. But also, after the cannon fired and it didn't explode the mothership, the ship just left. Why would it do that? That's a very weird thing to have happened. But it might explain why Travel has no problem giving the SGC ion cannons. If they can't destroy motherships, it doesn't matter. No wonder why they're giving them as many as they want. Yeah, have a hundred. It doesn't matter. They don't work anymore. Um... I'm just a personal note. I'm very distracted in this whole scene by the piece of fuzz that is stuck to Michael Shanks' face. <laughs> oh my God, I saw that too. You did. Oh God, yay. Oh, of all the things I pay attention to, yeah. I noticed it also. <laughs> but it's just like, how did nobody see that? And why didn't they use a different oh. tape? It's just, it's just, I just want to go pick it off. Just, That's so funny. <laughs> I noticed that too. Oh... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in another building, Tilk and Jack have now found the Trinium, and they have to hold hands in order to walk through the walls because they only have one device between the two of them. And Jack, for some reason, feels weird holding Tilk's hand. I don't know that I did not like that little bit because, like, no. why? Why is it such a big deal holding somebody's hand to get through a wall? Come on. I know you're walking through a wall. Hold his damn hand. <laughs> And then immediately, like, letting it go, like, stop putting my hand when they get yeah. to the other side. Like, I did not, I did not enjoy that bit. No, no. But once inside, there is a weapon of some sort, they think, but it looks nothing like any other Tolan technology they've ever seen. So, what, what's this thing? This is weird. Hmm. Back in Travel's office, they're looking at a recording of a weapons test and... Nareem is like, it's, this is a weapon of mass destruction because the explosion they show is just massive. They find the blueprints and it's for the device that Jack and Tilk have just found. So why does Travel need Trinium like, for this weapon thing? So apparently Trinium is used on anything that uses the Tolan phase shifting technology. So apparently the Tolan are working on a bomb that will be able to phase shift through shields or anything else solid as a replacement for their ion cannons. Okay, that's mm. interesting. But why would a ghoul just like drop by to help them test some weapons? Uh, well, we're about to find out because Travel's there with a bunch of security personnel. And uh, it's very tense. Nareem's getting very 
actually kind of angry for Nareem at this point, for yep. how stoic he usually is. So Travel goes, what do you think you're doing, Nareem? And Nareem just goes, what do you think you are doing, Chancellor? I love that line. What do you think you're doing? You enter Tanith, who replies, <gasps> she... She is doing what she must to preserve your world. And you can, it goes over to like a shot of Daniel. You can just see, he's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they both are. Just like, oh, yeah. We have oh, to deal with this now. This guy again? This guy? This hey. guy now? Yeah. <sighs> Dressed very fashionably. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Jack heads back to Noreen's house and is met inside by a couple security guards. And he's like, this, this isn't good. Uh, one of them gets shot by Tilk, who is still sort of, Outside, Jack takes out the other one, and yeah, this is if if there are like security personnel in Nareem's house, did not good, not good things. Something did not go well. Yes. Uh, back in Travel's office, as we suspected back in the episode Exodus, Tanith escaped Apophis's ship in an escape pod just before it exploded, and he thanks SG One for getting rid of Apophis's whole fleet. And Nareem is just like completely aghast that Travel and the whole Curia really are in league with a gould. And apparently, according to her, they're doing all of this to save Tolana from from who? From what? How? I don't... What are they saving? To, like, from Tanith? I don't know. But, like, that's not good enough for Nareem. He's sure that the people of Tolana would rather fight and die than give their technology to the gould. My question, how did the gould find Tolana? Because they moved to a planet that didn't have a Stargate and had to build their own Stargate. So it's not on any Stargate charts. So how how did they find them? That is a good question. But, I mean, they didn't try to access it through Stargate. They were showing up in ships. Right. But so... how how did they know they were even on that planet? Do, do the ghoul just go cruising around planets and, hey, people! And then maybe um, they do just kind of patrol and hear the legends of the very technologically advanced society that can walk through walls. But they don't talk to anybody else. I don't know. It's a very good question. <laughs> this is this is my one issue with the, with this episode is how did the ghoul know where Dolana was? How did this whole thing even start? Who contacted who first? Like, how did the ghoul not show up and just go, hey, bye? and blow them to pieces. I don't understand how the whole, like, alliance thing even started between the Tolan and Tanith and the guy he's working for. I'm just, I'm confused about that. Yeah. And how did they show up and just go, ha-ha, your technology doesn't work here. Build me bombs, and I will leave you alone. Yeah. Yeah. They I don't... Known that wasn't actually going to happen. I'm... Yeah pretty sure the last set of bombs would have gone off on the planet anyway yes and they seem to just yeah and they seem to just be bombs they don't seem to be building like rockets to get the bombs like into space so i don't i don't know i'm kind of confused about some things here at this point but anyway um, also i'm really not sure that like if the Tolan have the technology to build these amazing uh, technology bombs of whatever, why can't they just be like, oh, hell no. This guy thinks that he can show up and just like blackmail us into making these bombs or what? They're going to destroy us. Let's just tweak the cannons to, yeah. to yeah. go on the ship. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> or, you know, figure out how to send the bomb onto the On ship. The ship. Yeah. It can shift through walls. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, the it, stakes seemed a little weird on that one. I agree. Okay, so Sam gives Nareem a little look and a nod to, like, the, the device on his arm. He pushes the button. They kind of start to run out. Tanith gets Sam and Daniel with his hand device, but Nareem manages to, like, jump through a wall and gets out. So Nareem's walking through the streets. He gets grabbed by Tilk and Jack, who are kind of hidden by a bunch of plants somewhere. Uh, Nareem tells them about the whole cool thing. And, oh, yeah, his name is Tanith. And Tilk is like, oh, you can see Tilk, like is ready to, like, go and, like, mm-hmm. get this guy. But Jack is, like, easy big fella. Uh, so those weapons that Jack and Tilk found are being made for Tanith. Massive bombs that can phase through solid objects, like an iris. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So Jack is starting to put together the pieces of the puzzle here. Again, just very bad news all around. Um Back in Travel's office, Sam and Daniel are under guard. Travel tells another guard to use Nareem's implant to, like, track him down and find him. And we also learn that Tanith is not working alone. He is working for a more powerful gold whose name we are we are too lowly to know at this point. So Tanith leaves SG-1 to Travel for her to do whatever she wants with them. But he wants Tilk. She can have the other three. He wants Tilk. So back with uh, Nareem, Jack, and Tilk, like, okay, so what are they going to do about these weapons? Like, there's no way they can allow them to just be given to Tanith. And basically, they're just going to have to destroy them. And Nareem is not on board with that plan because Tanith will then destroy Talana. And while Jack is, I think, maybe kind of sympathetic to that, it's at the point of, well, either Talana gets destroyed or Earth and many, many other planets and many, many millions of people are destroyed. So getting rid of the bombs is the right thing to do. And they kind of got themselves into that mess. Yes. yes. So Zotanith wants his weapons, but first he wants Tolana to test one by sending it through to Earth. They have 30 minutes, and Travel actually kind of starts to look sick at the thought of having to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, she didn't think she'd have to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Jack and Tilk are back, like, with the bombs. They're trying to take one apart, but they have they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know how this works. Then an alarm of some kind goes off, and civil guards enter with their weapons drawn. So, uh-oh. So, oops. Oopsies. So, Daniel figures out that Tanith is making the Tolan attack Earth because Tanith himself can't attack Earth because of that whole, you know, protected planets treaty thing. Travel tries to argue that she had no choice, but yes, Yes, you did. You had many other options other than what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and Tilk get brought into Travel's office. They had Nareem's health monitor on them, so Nareem is still missing. And so this was actually the plan. So while Jack and Tilk were off doing the thing that they were doing, Nareem was off setting up an ion cannon to attack Tolana. I think, like, the building that had the bombs in it, given the size That's of the what explosion. I got. Yeah? yeah? Okay. So Chevelle and the guards run out, leaving SG-1 alone in the room. Nareem enters via a wall, and Tanith is going to figure out very soon he's not going to be getting those very fancy bombs, so they need to go right now, please. Yep. So they're running through the city, back to the gate. People are darting, like, here and there. You see buildings exploding. Nareem tells them to just go ahead. He's going to stay. His people are now in a fight for their very existence, and the least he can do is stay and fight and help. 
Um, You can hear the sort of the sound of like ghouled weapons firing down from Tana's mothership onto Talana. As they run off, Sam looks back and you just see sort of just exploding Mm. buildings everywhere. Yeah, it's very sad. It is. Back at the SGC, it, it seems likely that none of the weapons actually made it into Gould hands. Tilk has no idea who this other Gould Tanith was working for slash with might be, but whoever it is, these new shields they have are just like a game changer in this whole situation. We then get an incoming communication from a long-range long Tolnan communication device. It's Nareem. The message is very garbled and broken up. Uh, the Stargate was destroyed. They're trying to escape by ship, but they keep getting shot down. And he just wanted them to know. And then the message cuts out. That's so sad. The end. Uh, It was very sad. It was. They didn't have to go. No, they didn't. I like Nareem. He was sweet. He was very sweet. Very nice. And... It, it just it's very much an episode where you watch the end and then you just kind of go <sighs> oh mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> this is one of those rare not happy endings no for yeah. Stargate yeah yeah here here's my ridiculous question for the end of this episode because we don't really know what happened to slash on Dolana so if you remember like Sam gave Nareem a cat she named Schrodinger because he is Schrodinger's yeah. cat yeah. so is Schrodinger now really Schrodinger's cat because we don't know. If oh, you don't know if it's a life or death? Oh, stop it. I am. I had to. I'm sorry. But yes. But yes. <laughs> yes, it is. her is now truly Schrodinger's cat. Yep. <sighs> okay. So the episode title, Between Two Fires, it's I, 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 it's probably the situation that, like, the Curie had to do with, like, make weapons for the gold or be destroyed by the gold. Neither of those are good things to be in. So you kind of just. Yep. Um, we did have some interesting foreign territory titles. In French, it was called Trap. In Polish, it was called Between Hammer and Anvil. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in German, it was just called The Battle of the Tolan. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're always very to the point. They, they are, very much, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, so, final thoughts. What do we think? I, I mean, I like this one. This is, despite the very not happy ending, this is, I think, one of my favorite season five if not just general stargate episodes it is a very good one i liked it a lot i i think i think the only thing missing from it is like we talked about where the audience is not privy to what what led them to that point so we're just kind of left with like this could not have been what you guys ended up with this yeah (laughs) could not have been the like seriously this yeah. is this is where you so you know the audience never gets any sort of the other things they tried or the other things they considered like how screwed are they really yeah or could they have just been like oh hey we found Tilk we're beaming him up now and then just put a bomb up there like you don't really yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah I think I think that's really the only thing missing from the episode but like given what we do have it's is nice it was well done it was sad and good yeah r.i.p nareem yeah they didn't even get to try to evacuate people nope which is another option that they could have considered yeah like oh well, shit, people have found us oh i mean even before it got to that point that they're at yeah yeah, yeah. Of, of, well, oh shit we're not safe here anymore yeah well i mean it took them long enough to find that place apparently the first time around so yeah. well 
It's like, oh, the ghouls are going to come attack us. Okay, we'll just not be here. Yep. I mean, that would have been a very feasible plan, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, please check the link in the show notes. Or you can send us an email at woo. That's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for 2001. Bye. Bye. Stop it. I'm glad I checked. <laughs> Seriously, make a spreadsheet and you'll be okay. Well, because I, you know, since I'm on the DVDs now, mm-hmm. I, because obviously it was way better to do it when it was streaming because you could see what you watched before. But it, yeah. somehow now that it's the DVDs, I always have to go to the episode before and be like, yes, I watched this and then proceed. And then today, I didn't, I should have double checked by like checking the last episode, but today I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a new disc. So I just switched it to the new disc. And then I was like, was it the last one on the other day? So that's when I texted you where I was like, I don't want to put in the new disc and like go through that all because I'm late. You could also just, you know, check the podcast and see what the last episode is about. Why would I listen to my own podcast? I don't <laughs> listen to I it. I'm, just, I'm, I'm subscribed to give us like the subscriber and download numbers, but I don't yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> no, I do. I follow it on Spotify. Yeah. So, yeah, just go to Spotify, check what the last episode was called, and then you'll know what to watch. Next. You'll know what the other one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. That's how we do read things. Yes. Okay. I think you can go ahead mm-hmm. when you are ready. <clears throat> this is the rapport that we have. You know, maybe I I'll stick do... this in. Maybe I'll stick this in at the end. It's a special, special bonus feature for people that listen all the way through the theme song, which is, you know, nobody. <laughs> what our, what our usual rapport is. If I didn't do ridiculous things, you wouldn't get to lovingly eye roll at me and just do, huh? How oh, do you, Rachel. How do you adult sometimes? I don't. We wonder this about each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yes. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. <clears throat>